Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. This morning's first scripture reading is from Genesis, the second chapter, verses 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So ends the first reading. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And I forgot to say, if you are able, please rise. So please rise for the reading of the gospel. Gospel lesson today is from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, and indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it shall not be taken away from her. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. I ask that you would pray with me this morning. Gracious and almighty God, we have come striving to hear your word. Uh, your words for us today. And so, God, I ask that, that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but they would be your words, your words for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you to have your bulletins handy. It says have your compass guide in there. It's got places where you can jot down a few notes so that when the Spirit does speak to you this morning, you can jot those down so that you won't forget. Uh, it was this group of people who, was, uh, who were getting close to retirement Uh, Some of you might remember that time. Uh, They were sharing breakfast uh, before a busy work week ahead, and they were having conversations about what retirement could look like. They were dreaming of 
long vacations, trips to see grandkids, traveling to places that they've never been, even maybe reading more books, assembling more puzzles, and getting more involved with the church and community events. But then Jim spoke up about what he was looking forward to in his retirement. He said that he told his wife that he was going to sit on the couch and watch TV all day long. Someone across the table said, you can't do that. If you did that, you'd be dead within a year. Jim was pretty surprised by the comment and asked what they, what they thought or why they thought he wouldn't live past a year. And the person responded, well, if the lack of purpose in your life doesn't kill you, your wife certainly will. <laughs> Jesus said in the Gospel of John 10, verse 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I think we should keep reminding ourselves of this passage throughout this particular series. In fact, maybe we want to keep it on the screen for just a little while, if it's up there. It's not up there. (laughs) There it is. All right. (laughs) Last week, we talked about the theology of work and retirement. Uh, This is how God provided in our lifetimes the ability to work even in retirement. We also said that work and faith should not be separated. When we begin to understand that we have circles of influence and more than just our families, we can see how to witness in those circles, especially while we're at work or retirement activities. So just to remind you, we are in the middle of a worship series called Redeeming the Routines. We're talking about work, retirement, leisure, and everyday routines that that I think we all have. The series is taking a deeper look into how God is active in all domains of our lives. And when we understand that, we begin to get an understanding of how we can redeem all of those particular domains. This week, we turn our focus to a subject that I have historically had a very difficult time with, leisure. Did anybody wear the leisure? Nobody wore leisure suits. I'm sorry. Nobody gets the extra bonus points for today. (laughs) Uh, Relaxation, vacation, taking some restful time off, maybe even a nap or two, were concepts that I never understood. Everything around me in the business world told me that I needed to be productive. Therefore, time off was not needed. After all, that makes me look lazy, and I wanted to be sure to look good and busy whenever my boss was around. Another reason for not taking time off for a bit was was part of my perfectionist nature. If I were to go away for a week, then I would have at least three weeks to prepare to go away, and then after I came back, I would have another three weeks to fix everything that got messed up while I was gone. You know, it was like, One week would cost me six, technically seven. Was it really worth it? Well, that actually is a whole other topic for another day. Uh, But I think we all have some issues with leisure. And if you don't doubt that statement, look at society around us and the health epidemic that we've been in for decades. We live in a world that glorifies busyness. 
If you're not active or working or producing something, you're considered lazy, unmotivated, maybe even at times a menace to society. So herein lies the problem. In society, there seems to be a scarcity of time. There's never enough time to get anything done, and it seems like we're always running from one thing to the next and to the next. Not a minute to spare. drive through food, drive through coffee. Multitasking all the time is not good for our souls, let alone our health. We need to slow down. But how do we do that when we feel like there's not enough time in the world around us especially as the world around us is moving so fast, that we can't do everything. We just can't keep up with what's going on. Remember a few years ago, there was an invention that, that coming that promised to make everything good again. This item would give us so much time to finally rest and relax Leaders began seeing the the possibility of issues arising with all of this time and thought it would be good to teach some classes about leisure and about how we could spend all this free time that we were going to have. Now, understanding that this was about 40 to 50 years ago when we were being taught about how to spend our extra time, our free time. So, how are you at spending all that time that, you, that this little invention freed up for you? How have you been doing with all of this free time for the past 40 to 50 years? I mean, computers were supposed to make our lives easier and slower, especially because they would do most of the work for us. How'd that work out? <laughs> the computer had the opposite effect. Our lives have sped up at an alarming rate. We're busier than we've ever been, even in retirement. With all of this busy, we will never be able to fully enjoy leisure unless we make it a point to participate in it. I mean, take our story from, uh, about Jesus this morning. It's a story that we all know well about Mary and Martha. Jesus is, is traveling and happens to come near Mary and Martha's house. It's an unexpected stop. And we know this by the way Martha is acting. She's frantically moving about the house, getting dinner ready, cleaning up the dining room, setting the table, making sure all of the arrangements are made. You know that kind of stuff. It's the flight of the bumblebee cleaning. Somebody is outside the door and we need to clean. Mary isn't helping at all. And because of all the work that Martha thinks needs to be done, she gets angry not only at Mary, but also at Jesus. She yells at him. Do you hear these words? Don't you care that my sister, who happens to be just sitting next to you, listening, is not helping me get anything ready? There is some anger in that voice. Can you hear the frustration In her voice, can you hear the sense of fleeting time? But Jesus offers a better way. He tells Martha that Mary has chosen the better path, one of leisure. She wants to spend some time with Jesus working on their relationship. 
Martha is wrapped up in anxiety and trouble because of her lack of leisure. Our lives are not that much different. We just have different distractions that take us away from leisure. But we need to acknowledge that the scarcity of time and our hectic pace of life is socially constructed, not divine. God has a better way. And it involves relationships with our creator, the vertical relationship that we talk about, as well as the personal relationships that we have with those around us. I mean, think about Jesus. Did Jesus have leisure in his life? What were the moments when Jesus experienced this? I mean, if we think about it, how many times do we hear about Jesus going off by himself to pray? I know there's a few times when he told his disciples to go on ahead of him that he would catch up later. Another thing, Jesus took naps. I do remember a stormy boat ride where Jesus was sleeping down below, and I have this wonderful shirt that my wife made me. (laughs) Jesus took naps. Be like Jesus. If you get nothing else out of that for today, I've just given you the authority to take naps. (laughs) Maybe you remember this story. Jesus' first miracle was to do what? It was to turn water into wine. And if you think Jesus is done, I think there might have been a spotting in a local grocery store. Do you have that image? Right underneath the water sign is a bunch of bottles of wine. <laughs> why, so why would Jesus do this? Why would Jesus turn water into wine? I mean, some would say that it was because his mom said so. Yeah, and you might be right. <laughs> However, by turning the water into wine, Jesus kept a wedding party going. A celebration which would certainly be seen as a leisure activity, a celebration. So before we get into what leisure is, how it is designed, and how we should participate in it, let me offer a Methodist example of what not to do. We take so much of our experience and tradition from our founder, John Wesley, but this is not one of them. You, you might remember me telling you last week about his exactor diary, This is the diary where he wrote down what he was doing every five minutes from six in the morning to ten at night. John wanted to make sure that he was not wasting a single moment of his day. He wanted to make sure that he was living the life God called him to. And he wanted to make sure that he wasn't doing all or that he was doing all that he could to make a difference in the world. Every five minutes. You might ask, where was his free time? Where was the leisure activities and what about his quality of life? We could easily look at his life and say, well, that's not the way to live a life of leisure. And for the most part, you would be right. But for one domain of John Wesley's life, he was certainly all in. Reading and studying scripture in between towns, all the while while riding on horseback, were times that he spent in relationship with God and in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. 
The hours and hours that he would spend in his prayer room were hours spent participating in a relationship with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not sure what John did for leisure activities with other people, but with God, he was certainly doing pretty good. What would constitute a leisure activity for him? What would constitute a leisure activity for you? And so while you're thinking about that, let's define this a little further. Leisure can be free time. Time when nothing is on the calendar and you can do whatever comes to your mind. It can also be an activity. For me, got a picture of this, it would include paddling and fishing. Maybe even a little bowling or golfing. Leisure can be considered a quality of life and most definitely can be simply rest. This is what we need to hear when we're commanded to remember the Sabbath. The laws around that meant that you didn't work, but it also meant that you didn't work or do anything that would cause someone else to work. This can be a long list and, frankly, a little hard to completely follow. A question used to come up in my mind about leisure around its purpose. Uh, Why have leisure time? Other than the fact that God has asked us to do it. And I think society teaches us a flawed view of leisure. Especially when we look through the lens of our employment There is this view that we should take vacations simply for the purpose of regenerating our ability to work. We take days off so that we can perform better when we come back. You might have been there a time or two. There was a story a while back about a company who paid someone to take an extended weekend for rest and relaxation. It was a wonderful opportunity which the employee took full advantage of. However, when he returned after his time off, he did not perform up to expectations. The company decided to ask for their money back. (laughs) Since it didn't work the way they wanted it to, you see, he spent a little too much relaxation and a little too good a time over the weekend. So he was not nearly as productive as he could have been. They had a flawed view of what leisure should be. It is not an end in order to get what you want. Leisure is a way to connect with God and with others. It is rest. It is activity. It is relational, and it results in the fruit of the Spirit. However, we also need to be aware that some leisure activities can be damaging to our souls. We see that when Paul is listing out some of the works of the flesh, and if you need to take a look at those again, it's in Galatians 5. The works of the flesh are not good. While we might think that some things fall under a leisure activity, it results in one of those feelings, and we would be better to stay away from it. Leisure is one of those domains of our life that we want to flourish in. So how do we do that? I mean, first, I think we need to develop our theology of leisure. We need to understand that God has ordained leisure. Remember, Jesus took naps. 
That can't all be bad now, can it? I mean, we can fully engage in leisure when we know, what, know that it is something that God wants us to do. Experiment with leisure. Try something new. I mean, recently you saw the, the picture of the canoe. I started paddling and, and I thought about kayaking when I remembered how much I loved canoeing in my younger years. I also thought that it would match up really nice with fishing, which I also really love to do. Two leisure activities that would help me flourish in my life. Then a good friend offered a solo canoe, and the rest is history. So what new things can you try to experiment with around leisure activities? Dream of what leisure can be for you. I mean, we are not designed to be on the move 24-7, 365 days a year. We need to have a good, amount, a good amount of leisure time built into our days. So finally, we need to make sure that leisure is a priority. A priority in our life. It becomes easier when we understand God's vision for leisure, but making it a priority means that we actually set aside time for leisure. Put it in your calendar if that's what you need to do, but stick to it. Make it a priority. Priority. We need to guard our leisure time, and making it a priority will certainly help us guard it. Other ways of guarding it would be to make sure that it stays leisure. Don't take those activities that are leisure and let them slip into work. Or worse, something that you don't enjoy anymore. If it does, stop doing it. Above all, remember that leisure is something that God has given to us. It's biblical. Jesus did it and so should we. The purpose of leisure is so that we can flourish in life. These activities will allow us to connect more fully with God and build relationships with others around us. And when we do that, we find a more flourishing life. I think of leisure as our, that first uh, open mic night slash game night that we held here in the community room a, uh, a couple of Fridays ago. And just sitting down and playing cards, playing nerds, playing hand and foot. Uh, time of just relaxing. And getting to know people, building those relationships. So what are some of those new things that you can do? What are those new things that you would dream up? Maybe it's, it's coming out to Vintage 325 and sitting down with Mary and I and putting a puzzle together. Maybe we could go to a 500 piece and, and do it in one day. We got the 300 piecers down in a day. <laughs> or maybe it's coming and playing some dominoes on that day. What are those areas that you can introduce leisure to? Because it is something that God has ordained. And when we understand that, all of a sudden we realize how important it is to the flourishing of our lives. Will you pray with me? Loving and gracious God, you have called us to a life of work, retirement, but also of leisure. And so, God, sometimes we have a hard time figuring out what that exactly means. And so give us, give us a vision of what leisure could be for us. God, I know that many of us are already doing it. And now we hear words that say, it's okay. 
and that it is something that, that we need in order to increase our relationship with you and our relationship with others. So God, keep speaking to us. Keep speaking to us in our, in our time alone with you and throughout our days. In Jesus' name, amen. And so we, uh, I think about this, and I think about this time that Mary spent with Martha and how Jesus just wanted to sit, wanted to sit right next to them and work on a relationship. And I wonder, because I haven't asked you for a little while, but I wonder how your 15 minutes are doing. And if you don't remember what I'm talking about uh, or you've not heard this before, your 15 minutes of where do you spend time alone with God? 15 minutes is all. I mean, certainly I would love for you to spend a lot more time with that. But I wonder how your 15 minutes are going if you're spending your time alone with God. And here is a, a beautiful song that talks about some, some leisure time of, of being able to spend that time with God. Right, go ahead and start that. There he was just waiting in our old familiar place, an empty spot beside him where once I used to wait. To be filled with strength and wisdom for the battles of the day, I would have passed him by again. But I clearly heard him say, I miss my time with you, those moments together. I need to be with you each day, and it hurts me when you say you're too busy, busy trying to serve me. How can you serve me when your spirit's empty? There's a longing in my heart, wanting more than just a part of you. It's true. I miss my time with you. What do I have to offer? How can I truly care? My efforts have no meaning if your presence isn't there. But you'll provide the power if I take time to pray. I'll stay right here beside you so you'll never have to say I miss my time with you 
those moments together. I need to be with you each day. And it hurts me when you say you're too busy. Busy trying to serve me. But how can you serve me when your spirit says, a part of you. It's true. I miss my time with you. I miss my time with you. Those moments together. I need to be with you each day. And it hurts me when you to serve me, but how can you serve me when your spirit's empty, there's a longing in my heart, wanting As we think about spending our time with God, whether it's in those leisure activities with each other or maybe it's a leisure activity by ourselves, we think about the time that we spent with those, with others and the time that we spend with God. And so I encourage you to, to stand as you are able as we share this, this closing refrain which is a wonderful hymn, uh, speaks of that psalm that as the deer pants for the water, so our soul longs for those times that we can spend with God. Our heart's desire is to spend time with God, to search after God. And our heart's desire is to be in relationship with one another. And so as you go forth from this place, work on those relationships. Make sure you spend time in leisure. And make sure that, that you know that wherever you may be, that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you and it goes with you always. Amen.